0: Four six. The the, 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 well, the the experts on The one Yeah, you know six. The four know The The, the same same game. Game. Again, Open up your mouth, stick out your tongue, we're gonna trust the expert, trust the expert. Yes, You're welcome. Okay, hey, I'm, I'm recording, are you? I'm also recording. We're gonna go down. Hi! Hi!
1: It is the scariest night of the year. It is the spookiest night in the experts history. It's the night that we've been looking forward to. It's the night that we discussed Annabelle. Annabelle! Okay. And great demon. She is our favorite (laughs) demon.
0: And we had an Annabelle encounter just now. Do you want to tell the
1: people about what just happened? Yes. Okay. So I was about to send Irene an invitation. That's me. Yeah, I'm Abby. So I just sent Irene a Zoom invitation so we could record this podcast. And as soon as I hit invite, whatever, send, my computer, which was plugged into a power source- Unreal. Died. And, and then- At the same moment, I was clicking on the link Mm-hmm. And it said, this meeting does not exist. What? Yeah. But it did exist. And I was trying <laughs> frantically to get back in. I had to keep turning it on and starting it again. And then I was reminded <gasps> that my screensaver, my locked screen, <gasps> is a picture <gasps> from Annabelle creation. Oh my God. (laughs) A little girl standing in a field next to a well holding the real Annabelle doll, not the real one, the movie Annabelle doll.
0: That is so scary. And dear listener, (laughs) after this whole fiasco was sorted out, we finally connected. We got back online. I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. I come back for my little break and
1: mm-hmm. what do I see on camera? But Annabelle, Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> which I set up to be staring at Irene when she came yeah, out, and
0: it worked. And it was it, it was scary.
1: It was a prank. I mean, call me Ashton Kutcher because you are, I was punked like, for real. <laughs> yeah, that was really the only prank I've ever done. Ever. I think so. I'm not really a prankster. That's not really my thing.
0: Okay. Do you remember on um uh what's that holiday? Fool's day? April Fool's Day? April Fool's (laughs) Day. We went to Marie's Pizza and Liquor in (gasps) Chicago and we were like, let's call our boyfriends and say we were in an accident (laughs) (laughs) as an April Fool's prank. And we did, and it was very anticlimactic
1: what happened I don't remember this at all
0: well I remember I
1: would I like call Griffin and I like
0: I feel like I left him a message and then later I was like oh by the way I didn't get in an accident and he was like I didn't think you did but also it's like messed up to try to tell somebody you were in an accident when you weren't and I was like all right obviously
1: (laughs) wow that is anticlimactic I don't remember it at all well, that means we had fun at Marie's Pizza and Liquor. <laughs> Marie's Pizza and Liquor was always a good time.
0: <laughs> God, there's no place that exists like that. There's no I don't place. place, any place like that.
1: No. I mean, definitely not in LA, but that's like you have to be in Chicago for for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's a real diamond in the rough in Chicago too. So for yeah. those of you who have not been to Marie's Pizza and Liquor, it is a <laughs> well it's a, liquor store. What it like. it's a pizza shop it's a
1: combination liquor store and pizza shop <laughs> and it's like also like a lounge bar like a like a they're like lounge singers at it yes
0: um lisa mcqueen our queen yes. lisa mcqueen played um uh she played piano in a jazz trio
1: yes at Marie's pizza and liquor, and we
0: would go to see her. And they had like cheap martinis, yeah. Pizzas, and then you would just like sit and listen. I and got a CD from the from you did, the- yeah. I have a CD somewhere. It was a fun night, yeah, yeah. Anyway, one time we went there on April Fool's Day and we pulled a prank, that night yeah. Wow, there. so I
1: guess that was the second prank I ever pulled, or maybe there are like a lot more pranks that I just don't remember. Pulling. What if you pull pranks every day, but it's just so
0: mundane to you, it doesn't even register as a prank.
1: Yeah, like I'm just such a natural prankster that it's like breathing. So <laughs> You're I just don't a do a look
0: like entity. About.
1: Yeah, exactly. I probably know. I feel like I'm pretty even killed, but you never know. You well, never know. I feel like that's when the pranks are extra surprising <laughs> and extra. Right. I was surely surprised. Do it every 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay Okay. let's talk about Annabelle
0: yeah let's talk about Annabelle okay we both were
1: unfortunately forced to rent this film from this is, Anna, yeah. Amazon yeah Jeff Bezos Incredibly. bought my 3 dollars again I know so, um but we did we did it
0: we watched it I have to admit that I did I did nod off a bit at the end. Oh really? Well, it's not a very engaging movie. It's not particularly engaging. I will say there's a sharp drop-off between The Conjuring and Annabelle. Yes. Not a controversial statement.
1: Not a controversial statement, and yet Annabelle, I think, continues to be like a very strong asset for the conjuring universe and there are more annabelle movies now than conjuring movies until yeah. the devil made me do it comes out until the devil made me do it well yes this is the this is the moment where the
0: conjuring starts to branch out yeah. and and they recognized this creepy doll has to, we have to know her story. We have, well, like, we've got know. a gold <laughs> mine with <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> Chucky, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. It's the new millennium, it's time for her story. A feminist icon, <laughs> <A> feminist <laughs> icon named Annabelle. Yes, and um, yeah, <laughs> she is an independent woman, most definitely an independent woman. uh and we see a snippet of her we know that they we know that they know that they have a goldmine on their little fingers mm-hmm. in the in the conjuring when the film is basically bookended yeah with the annabelle
1: yeah so i it's kind of an interesting choice maybe just because annabelle was well known they wanted, maybe they were, like, experimenting, like, how much, how, like, what kind of legs does this conjuring stuff have? Like, this, like, Warren's thing, because there's, there are so many, like, potential movies, because of all the stuff that they have, and, like, all of their stories. Yeah. Um, And Annabelle was kind of, like, the most known thing, like, I had kind of heard of it before. They have this Raggedy Ann doll there, that's the real Annabelle, that, um, I think like people kind of knew that a little bit, had like seen it online or something before the Conjuring came out,
0: yeah. Um, in their occult museum, and the real Annabelle doll is a Raggedy Ann doll, which is objectively freakier
1: than that's what I think, too. Yeah, I think a haunted raggy, like a mundane object that's possessed by a demonic entity, is like scarier than like an objectively scary creepy porcelain doll that like you would expect yeah. to have something as
0: soon as you see that doll in the movie you're like this doll is fucked up that anybody who
1: owns this is like deranged in some way and there's something <laughs> wrong with anyone who'd want that especially because like it would be scary already but then she's like extra fucked up she's like dirty she's crying blood like she's really scary <laughs>
0: She is really scary. One of my favorite things. Uh, I texted you when I was sitting down to watch it, um because like in the the image like on Amazon or whatever of Annabelle, she's like sitting up really straight and tall in a chair. and I was like, oh, I love how." I love how tall and proud she sits. Yeah. <laughs> and you texted me back something really funny. Do you remember what it was? No. You said, yeah, I love how big and strong she is.
1: Oh, yeah, she is. Cause like, <laughs> she's not like a little person doll. Like they pick her up and like, she's a hefty doll. Like she's really big. She's like three feet long or something. It looks she, to me. Yeah, she she's is. Big she is big she's like nine or ten years old yeah like she's like a child she's literally she is the size of like a four-year-old <laughs>
0: <laughs> and very scary and she's part of the set and
1: um this movie was weird to rewatch. what did you think I mean I I kind of remembered it I feel like I keep a like a pretty good like I first I feel like I stayed kind of up to date with the cco but i guess it had been a while a little while um i think it starts off really strong definitely um it starts in the 60s i guess and so i think that's about like 10 years before i don't i didn't like do a timeline but when the warrens are in the in the opening for the conjuring the warrens are sitting down and they're like talking about it i think that's like in the 70s so it starts in the 60s like probably like six the summer of 1969 because it's very manson-y
0: yeah but you know what i have here on our spreadsheet it says the timeline year for annabelle is 1967 but the movie does start with the um manson killings the they've moved into the husband and wife have moved into this like nice suburban house and the manson killings are on the tv and he like tells her not to read that stuff but she's she's like consuming it so that would be
1: 1969 right yeah because the Manson killings happened yeah she wouldn't have known about it
0: yeah so that looks like there's a uh something false on wikipedia impossible
1: impossible (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so so I liked that aspect to it so they it's there she's pregnant Their next-door neighbors have a daughter who's gone missing. Um, She's joined a cult that's like the Mansons. And one night, the daughter breaks in with her freaky Charles Manson-looking boyfriend and murders her parents. And then they break into the other house, and they get all weird, and they cradle the doll And they also stab her in the stomach, which I found kind of gratuitous. Yeah, it was the Sharon Tate of it all was pretty over the top. Yeah, and it was just like, I didn't really, I mean, I, I, I was like, wait, is this supposed to be like, are, are these characters supposed to be making a reference to that? Is the film making a reference to that? And like the characters are supposed to be oblivious to it. Like, is... Are they assuming that the audience doesn't really know because it's a, for a very wide audience. So are they assuming that the audience doesn't really know, but like kind of might have it somewhere in the back of their heads that this is, that this happened to someone. And so they're kind of like feeling familiar without being able to place it. Is that the idea? Like, I couldn't really tell why Yeah, they decided I, to do that.
0: It made me think about what you were saying last time about the the conjuring how like it is a good movie it's like utilizing these um elements that are familiar to us from movies from that era but it's kind of like becoming its own thing and this and was sort of avoiding that nostalgia that is like very identified with like a stranger things you know where they really get into this and I felt like this movie was leaning more in that direction like Mm -hmm. it's very Rosemary's Baby and um the way that they talk about the Mansons because I was like when the movie started I was like oh this image of like the late 60s early 70s is like really straight suburban heterosexual which was something you were also saying last time and I was like it's it's weird to think about the counterculture existing in this world and then like the counterculture showed up in the form of like Ma- like Charles Manson is out there with this hippie follower like that's how the counterculture exists in this like very Christian conservative like mainstream idea of what that time period was
1: yeah and I feel like that's kind of how it would have presented to those characters who are like very conservative and also potentially to the like desired audience for these movies because they're horror movies but like we discussed in the last episode like they definitely have a very Christian bent to them And they're all they all come from this place of sort of like this sort of like evangelical spirit to them. Um, So I feel like it might be. You know, there are definitely Christian hippies and stuff, but I feel like it might be kind of appealing to that sensibility i I totally agree. And then I looked it up and I saw that this
0: movie was written by this guy named Gary Dauberman. He wrote all of the Annabelle movies. He directed Annabelle Comes Home. He did it and It Chapter Two. And he is definitely a Christian writer. And he said, in many ways, these are faith-based films for me. I'm a believer, so I believe evil, evil, and demonic entities are out there, but also, So is God, and so is good. Even as dark and scary as these movies can get, there's always that safety net. If evil is true, the opposite must also be true. So it's like still very much in line with that ethos that those twin boys who wrote the original (laughs) Conjuring set up. Yeah, I
1: we're continuing on the path here yeah, we are on a path towards salvation. I don't know. I mean, these movies do make me want to be Catholic so badly, which I've always wanted. What makes you want to be Catholic? It seems like a more accessible version of Judaism. And I like um, the nuns and the pageantry and like the institution of it. And it feels like if you were Catholic, you could have a whole life inside of this religion like you could have a whole career in it your spiritual life your social life like everything could be like wrapped up in this institution um that has so much history and has so much beautiful art and music and I already said pageantry but that too and like this mm-hmm. like amazing like presentation that I just think it's really cool like I just I really like it
0: I was raised Catholic. And when I was a kid, I definitely loved it, like for all those reasons. But I didn't I didn't quite understand that was why I liked it. But I used to go like, you know, I went to Catholic school and then we would have to go. We would go to church every Sunday, but I would still like after school pop in and like watch a service or and it really did capture my imagination i loved like the gothic theatricality of it all and it is that pageantry is such a good word for it it's like theater and it's so it it like activates all of your senses especially when they've got like incense going and the Aww. songs are going it's like it is sort of transportive in a way but I don't know. I definitely moved away from it when I started challenging my belief system and thinking about like, oh, everything is so man-made. And that's actually when I wished that I was Jewish because the more (laughs) I learned about like all of the traditions, it's so based in history and like there's such a, um, there's like a reality to it that's also not rooted in like them being the oppressors and it's like Catholics are (laughs) oppressors and um I don't know that's it's so interesting I'm not religious at all now
1: yeah I'm not either really but but um and I found theater so I like theater yeah I mean you can just do I know but like you know, religious just have that stuff down better than like most theater companies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's true. You've got like guaranteed performances at least once a week.
0: Once a week. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) uh, When I was in London, like a year ago, I was walking around and it was a Sunday and uh, I did come upon a church and they were having a mass with a choir and I sat in like the vestibule and I listened to it and it was, it was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I've never been to a Catholic church. I've only, like, seen them on in, like, horror movies, <laughs> honestly, about, like, possession. <laughs> I really don't know very much about it and probably shouldn't say that I want to be Catholic because so I don't know enough about it. I just know it, like, looks cool to me. Yeah. And I, I wish I was born – I don't know. I don't really, but <laughs> – like I always have sort of wished that I'd been born into like some sort of society or maybe family where like it was expected of me to like be of faith and to like really be committed to it in some sort of like I don't like just have like a deep like passion for like God or something I mean I would love to feel that I just don't but I love I wish I did (laughs) (laughs) you want to like feel the passion for it or you want to feel the pressure to feel the passion for it uh, but like, I want to be driven insane because like, <laughs> because like I have to, and then I do. And like, I'm like, every time I do anything that's like not religious, like not that, like I feel like really guilty because I think God is like watching me. Like, I don't, I don't have any of that. I don't either. I, my grandmother, when I was, um, when, when
0: I was like in elementary school, she, she was like very committed to being an atheist and she she was very like iconoclastic in her way. Um, She was like a single mom in the thirties. She like, I was going to Catholic school and I feel like it was fun for her to poke holes in the education that I was getting Mm. and to teach me about different cultures and like ancient Egypt and like to put these ideas in my head and my sister recently found some footage of when I was like four or five and she's, she's asking me these questions and just like engaging with me on, <laughs> on like a really funny level to engage with a kid on. And I'm, I'm very glad. I'm very glad about that. I feel like it probably yeah. caused me a lot of grief when I was of a certain age, but at the, like it worked out in the long run.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely had like a rebellious spirit around religion and kind of everything so i went through hebrew school and i was i was the one who's like in the back of the class like making fun of everything and like with like whoever my like one little friend would be like just like talking shit about the teacher and everybody else and like just being kind of just kind of being like a disrupt like a um oh god there's a a what? A disruptor? <laughs> yeah, like a, um, oh my God, what's the word? There's like a word, there's like this, uh, no, whatever. There's like a Gretchen Rubin grouping of people where you're like an upholder. You're a, like, they're like all these different kinds. And I'm like the worst kind. My friend Brian talks to me about all the time. Like there's this kind where like, you just like say no to everything and you, oh, a rebel. <laughs> it's called a rebel <laughs> in the Gretchen Rubin scale. like. And like, that's just like, I, if you, I, it would never work on me. Cause like, I'm, I'm such a, um, I don't know. I just, I'm a rebel. (laughs) That's why you and I can like flirt with cults,
0: but not get fully sucked into them.
1: Yeah. Like I, I could never probably, I don't think I could ever really join a cult because as soon as I was in the group, I would want to get out. Like, I would be like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. The only reason I would join a call is because someone else was telling me not to. And then once I joined it, I'd be like, why are you telling me what to do? Why are you telling me what to do? Ex- ex- yeah.
0: <laughs> like, um, I mean, I'll walk out of anything, anytime, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And I do feel like that's a gift. And I I hope that everybody has the chance to exercise that. Because like I listened to this podcast about this guy who had been, he like was part of the people who like invented the secret. And he yeah. had these um he had these like yoga retreats or like these retreats in the desert, and he would make people basically sit in like a hot house uh, in this tent where they would like turn up. He had like a fire inside the tent, and it was like an endurance test. And it ended up like three people died. And oh then, my like, God. Yeah, it's like fucking awful. And then all these people are interviewed, and it's like, well, we weren't sure if we were supposed to leave. We didn't know if we should leave or not.
1: Oh my God. And
0: it's. I, It just everybody's built so differently and like everybody's the product of whatever information they were given as children and like how they processed it. But I think like, man, I've been in yoga classes where I'm like, fuck this. I am (laughs) out of here. I don't care how much I paid for it. I mean, I dropped out of college. I don't care like (laughs) You're not. I don't care what
1: I paid. I don't. I'm. I know. I'm done with this. So. I'm not doing this anymore. I know. I do kind of wish I had dropped out of college, but whatever. Like, I wish I'd never gone. <laughs> I feel like that was my cult because I like that was my religion because so I was like, I have to do this. My parents are making me. Yeah. I will do it, and I did it, and I hated it. I guess
0: that's the thing. Everybody's got like a different pot of boiling water. I mean, I was yeah. a part of the improv community in Chicago for eleven years um so annabelle uh so annabelle okay the can we talk about the actors in the movie yes this movie to me especially so i looked it up the budget for this movie was six and a half million dollars okay which is pretty low budget movie i feel like it ended up making uh 257 million dollars worldwide wow which is um a fucking shitload of money yeah obviously
1: I but mean, well deserved
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Annabelle came into our hearts and into our homes and yeah. we paid for it the lead actress her name is Annabelle I know and I think that's like do you think that's why she got calves that's what you said and it makes me laugh every time I think it <laughs> I mean I've never heard of her before I like I don't know who she is I've never heard of her before. I've never heard of her since. I guess she's currently dating uh Chris Evans.
1: Oh yeah, she's dating Chris Evans. Wait, I'm sorry, which one is he? Is he Mr. Captain America? No, he is well,
0: maybe he is. Okay, wait. What's the one who does the Patty Jenkins movie and was in that I am the night show? Chris Pine. Yeah, it's Chris Pine and Annabelle Wallace. They are together. They're very hot pair.
1: We said hot people of the suburbs. They're very hot suburban, uh, you know, people. I don't know what to say about her. She's Annabelle Wallace, she's in this movie. Like, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I have nothing to say.
0: I feel like if Chris Pine and Annabelle Wallace lived in the suburbs of your city, I feel like they would throw the best Christmas parties uh if you worked with like one of them at their companies you would like pray to get an invitation to their Christmas parties where they would have like the best Yankee swap
1: don't they look like those kind of people you think that this woman looks like she'd have a good Yankee swap yeah I (laughs) to me she looks like someone I don't I, I mean I don't know I can't say I don't know she's like a blonde woman. By good Yankee (laughs) swap, I mean like people are bringing expensive things to the table. I feel like people are bringing expensive things, yes.
0: And you're walking away with like a blanket from Restoration Hardware.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. She looks like someone who would bring a blanket from Restoration Hardware to a Yankee swap make of that what you will is that great is that okay is that what is that what does that say like what is that a personality I would get one of those
0: things is if I wanted a Yankee swap so in my mind this is a great Yankee swap
1: I mean I would enjoy getting it but I would have to I would feel like to be in that Yankee swap I would have to bring something of equal value uh-huh Yeah. Because what is this like a thing where they're like, okay, the limit is twenty dollars, but no one can find anything for twenty dollars. So everything is actually one hundred and fifty dollars. Is that what's happening?
0: Yeah. And then you bring like a twenty dollar gift card for like iTunes.
1: Yeah. And then I'm like the asshole and then I leave and I'm like, well, I can never talk to any of those people again. But it's anonymous. They don't know it was you. Oh, it's anonymous. Okay. Sorry. No, I guess I didn't yeah. know about the Yankee. I guess I don't know exactly how it works. I That's thought it, a Catholic I guess thing. you learned that in Catholic school. I mean, I don't know. It's, it. Does, it, it doesn't seem that Jewish. Um Maybe you do. I, I know what a pink elephant is, but you have names in a pink elephant, right? You would, you admit it at the end. Um, yeah, we don't have to air our grievances in a Yankee swap. It's the Yankee swap is completely anonymous, it's completely anon. Yeah. That's how I want to do it. Keep it totally <laughs> under wraps. Yep, Under swaps. But everyone would know that I was the one who brought the $20 iTunes gift card. I mean, they would know. No, no, no. Here's what's the,
0: here's the beauty of this because there's other people from your like class or station who've been invited to this know. party so it's like they're they're like the king, they're like the homecoming queen and king of this little town where he like runs the company and whatever. She has some like vanity job somewhere. This is the scenario I think when I look at Annabelle Wallace and Chris Pine.
1: <laughs> I can't picture Chris Pine. Chris Pine looks like he is like Chris
0: Pint, you feel me? Short. <laughs> no, like
1: he looks like he would be a great time at a bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chris Pine. He's, is... yes, I know who, I know his face. I have a worse memory than anybody I've ever met. And it's just ruining everything. <laughs> like, I don't know any actor's name or what they've ever been in. I don't know anything that's ever happened. Whenever you ask me if I remember something that happened, I always say no. <laughs>
0: You i just remember things been. that i don't remember and you know what you can look up actors names on the internet yeah and i did boom there you go um okay let me ask you a question about the annabelle film if you were let's say you're a pregnant woman you're annabelle wallace your home your house gets broken into your you see your church going neighbors next door get murdered insane hippies come in and slice and dice, would you continue to live in that
1: house? I would. You would? I think I would. I, well, I would probably, it would depend. Like I might have severe PTSD and it would be like advisable for me to leave. I might just go and like rent, do like a short term rental on a house like a furnished place and just like not think about that house until after I had the baby and just be like I'm not gonna think like I'm just assuming like they're rich it's it's like the 70s it's or the, the 60s it's when like you can afford to have a house and it's not gonna like ruin your life and you could have I'm just assuming that we're in this world we are wealthy enough that we could do this yes my dream would be we get a 1960s version of an Airbnb. We pack our stuff. We go, we get like a brave friend or like a couple of college students who don't care to like house it. I live in my other house. I focus on me. I go to therapy. I have my, I like do pregnant yoga. I, you know, I heal. I give birth. My baby's like three months old. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about what we're going to do with the house. Can we go back? We think about it and then make the decision, but I don't want to make the decision. Like I don't, I definitely wouldn't want to like pack up and move pregnant and having just experienced like a horrific crime. I would just not want to think about it until it was over.
0: Yeah. I think that you've presented the best case scenario. If something like that were to happen, I felt very bad for her that she had to go back to living in that house no, right? she moves. yeah yeah but like right after that happens, she is in that they are in that oh, right. House right,
1: right right before
0: they right. before they move to the apartment mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i thought that that was unwise and i thought if a woman had written this script there mm-hmm. would be some sort of consideration for her mental state
1: yeah yeah i think a better version of this movie might address her mental state a little bit more, might have us wondering, you know, is she going crazy? Is this some sort of like pregnant delusion (laughs) or is she cracking under the pressure or is this really happening? But we know, I mean, we know Annabelle is bad. We already know that demons are real. Like we've already learned all this information in The Conjuring. So we really, I mean, I guess they don't have to do that. Like we know. Yeah
0: and Rosemary's baby already kind of covers that territory and they even name her character Mia I feel like after Mia Farrow oh and I the her having because she's got the little haircut and it felt very referential to that for me in a way that was
1: whatever well doesn't she or does she cut her doesn't she have like that short bob in rosemary's baby she has that like super pixie and in this one she in this one she's got like a bob and in the other one she's got the really short in rosemary's baby she has a really short hair she,
0: yeah 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 she go they go they go real real short yeah um she's very pretty in this movie mia farrow Well, I think Mia Farrow is gorgeous in Rosemary's Baby, but I think that Annabelle Wallace is
1: very pretty in this movie. Yes. Yeah. So there were... Okay, so she gets pushed out of the house by the demonic spirit. She's, like, terrorized. Yes. Until she has to... And her husband immediately believes her. There's no question. Yeah. Which is... An, an interesting choice i guess i mean i guess in the conjure like i already said but like in this whole universe like the devil is real god is real and demons are real and that's it like we know that this stuff really happens so we don't really ask questions about it
0: yeah exactly it's a given it's a given yes he and he has given her the Annabelle doll at the beginning of the movie, and then after the Manson-type follower died with Annabelle in her arms, um, Mia/slash Annabelle Wallace is like, "Get rid of the doll," and he throws it in the trash. But then it just like ends up in the bottom of a box when they move into this new apartment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a sign that you should get really get rid of it for real. But how do you really get rid of it for real? You have to throw it in
1: an incinerator. You have to pretend like it's the end of Toy Story 3. You have to do, well, I mean, I guess you have to give it to Ed and Lorraine and have them put it in a specially made box that's yes. covered in the Lord's Prayer and is blessed by a priest once a month. Do you know, okay, so uh, so
0: the, the Annabelle doll, as we've said before, is based on a real doll. It looks like Raggedy Ann, and it is kept in the Ed and Lorraine Warren occult museum in their home, and they have both, Uh, passed away. Lorraine passed away in 2019. Do you know, is that still getting blessed every month by a priest? What is the status of Annabelle?
1: I believe it is still being blessed once a month by a priest. I know that the Ed and Lorraine Warren Museum, Occult Museum, is still operational. It was taken over by their son-in-law, Tony Spera. (gasps) Tony Spera. Tony Spera and he worked with them and actually was part of the Annabelle like investigation and he is having a convention <gasps> in the fall in Newtown Connecticut. Oh wow. Called Paracon. <gasps> like paranormal? <gasps> I don't know if it's like paranormal or if it's like his name is para oh, oh oh got it but i would think paranormal because he's not that famous like i i only know who he is because i have been like googling this stuff he also has a um a youtube channel dedicated to ed and lorraine warren that he maintains and he also uses it to show off things he has like his knife collection and his hat collection And if you're wondering if his hat collection includes a MAGA hat, then the answer is yes.
0: Oh no, that's that's their son-in-law? Yeah. Do you think that if they were alive today, Ed and Lorraine Warren would be MAGA?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that they would have voted for Ted Cruz in the primary (laughs) and Trump in the general.
0: Wow. Yeah, they have- Guys, I guess you got to stay busting ghosts. And
1: I, to me, they have big Trump energy. They're like showmen. They're like, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I feel like they have this idea that may or may not be true. They like wrap themselves in religion and say that everything they're doing is in service of God. And so it's okay for them to make any claims or do whatever. Because my, see, my theory about them. This is a conspiracy theory and I have no proof. Let's hear it. Okay, so there are a couple of levels to them. So, So some people might believe every single thing that they say, I don't. I think most of it has been pretty thoroughly debunked. Okay, so then you're like, okay, they're con artists. And there are a lot of people who are aggressively, have like spoken aggressively about this, have written about it, have gone on TV and books and all these things about it podcasts about it, et cetera. And like, yeah, that doesn't seem, that's kind of probably part of it. I also think there's a chance that they have admitted to this in private to certain people, maybe their son-in-law, maybe members of the church. And their position is that they knew that they were lying, but that their idea was, to scare people and show them that there was such a thing as the devil. And if they believed in the devil, then they would have to believe in God. And that was like their way to like push people into accepting Jesus, which is like always like any way you get someone to do that is good because like, that's the most important thing to some people. That's, so I don't know if they were just con artists or if it was like a religious thing that they thought that this was like the best thing to do for like humanity. Wow.
0: It's a, di- it's like, um, I don't know, a different kind of crusade. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, because everybody who makes these movies says stuff like that like well if you believe in the god then if you believe in the devil you have to believe in god right and demons are real so that means like if the dark is real then the light is real too like this is what they say the warrens is what the warrens say well the yes but also like the guy who wrote this movie and the the brothers who wrote the
0: other one yeah um I'm I'm excited to uh, do more research on James Wan because I'm interested if he has like a dog in this fight, you know? Oh, yeah. His, if he has like any kind of ideological or dogmatic attra- like attachment to these stories, I feel like my gut says maybe he doesn't, but I I I don't know. I haven't I haven't uh, investigated. I haven't either. Um. <laughs> The guy who directed this movie, Annabelle, 2014, his name
1: is Joe Leonetti. Did you look him up at all? Um, I, like, quickly Googled his name, but I don't really... He
0: started as a cinematographer, and he he ended up shooting Insidious and The Conjuring, and then he did The Conjuring too. So it's just like, to me, it's proof more of James Wan just continuing to work with people that he likes to work with and like promoting from within so he shot those movies and then he got to direct the Annabelle movie but he also shot um I know who killed me the Lindsay Lohan movie I don't know that movie where she plays a stripper and her twin sister and one dies and she plays both roles um and then he also shot Piranha 3D oh boy so just saying he like
1: what a trajectory that's really awesome yeah this was a huge movie and so wait has he done other conjuring movies since uh uh, i feel like he oh i didn't i closed the window but i feel like he did do
0: um other annabelle movies john leonetti here we go he also shot detroit rock city remember that movie
1: butterfly effect 2 yes uh i've never heard of these other things but Wait, what is Lullaby? Is that based on that French novel? If it is, then that would be really cool. No, it's not, but it sounds good. A new mother who discovers a lullaby in an ancient book soon regards the song as a blessing, but her world transforms into a nightmare when the lullaby brings forth the ancient demon Lilith. Ooh, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: um so where does the end of the Annabelle film leave us
1: well the end of the Annabelle film leaves us first of all with like the tragic I mean sorry here's a spoiler alert for Annabelle which like you should expect for this I mean sorry we're that was spoiling we're gonna talk about yeah. the end of it so like if you don't want to hear how it ends like turn it off but um it does end with Alfrey Woodard's suicide her character yeah. Suicide, which i didn't really appreciate no i think that that was i don't think if that movie was made now which is like less than 10 years later i don't think that that would happen i don't think that this like the only black character in this movie being this like haunt she plays she um runs this used bookstore in Pasadena where the family has relocated and befriends Mia and she's like a little bit crazy you're like is she scary is she crazy she's like a little bit off and it turns out her daughter died and she tried to kill herself and since she already tried to kill herself once at the end the demon wants to kill Mia to give her her baby back and because like to save this like white family this woman decides to kill herself too and they give her like the added um incentive that she's already kind of suicidal and like has some guilt or something about her daughter's death but really it's like she's sacrificing herself for the other for the white family and i just didn't like seeing that and i don't think that you would i hope you would not see that in a movie like ever again
0: Yeah, I agree. And I felt like the movie was elevated past the point that it even should have been with um, her even.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, she was the only- When she shows up, you're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, she's the only like movie star in it. Like the other people, like, I don't know. The guy's name in it is like Ward. Like, I don't even know, Ward Horton. I don't know. Annabelle Wallace- and Ward Horton are like the stars, and then like I don't know, I just <sighs> I mean it's, yeah, just it's just like, like, like oh, mostly
0: pretty God. bland,
1: yeah, and like they brought nothing to it, and um she, yeah, she completely like elevated the movie and was like really the only interesting part. I mean her and Annabelle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're only our, dynamic performers, <laughs> our big strong girl. Yeah, the <laughs> the big strong Annabelle. <laughs>
0: um let's lay something to rest here tonight does annabelle is annabelle animated in a chucky like fashion at any point
1: i don't think so no that's not really annabelle they i think that that would look too silly and another problem i think that this movie has that sorry to jump ahead. I I don't think any of these movies really get until the third Annabelle is like, none of them have any sense of like levity or sense of humor or self-awareness. Like they're very serious. Yeah. Um. And I don't, I think they just like absolutely don't want like a silly looking Annabelle like running around with a knife in its hand, but like, it's about a demon possessed doll. Like how can you not have a sense of humor about this? I don't know. <laughs> I think that that also was
0: probably behind the decision to not have it be that Raggedy Ann doll or something so simple and recognizable and make it this like very fussy porcelain Victorian sort of weird doll in a nightgown like the design of Annabelle is is very bizarre and it feels like they were trying to distance themselves from anything
1: that seemed more childlike or I don't know yeah I mean Annabelle has become, like, an icon on her own, Um, but she's, like, it's, like, a grotesque face, like, even on its own, like, the original Annabelle, as we'll see in Annabelle creation, (laughs) is, like, her eyes are really close together, like, she's got a devilish grin, like, no one, really like, she looks scary in a way that no doll probably would ever look unless the guy like really fucked up making it like no one would intentionally want a doll to look like that um it's like it's a scare. it's just like it's meant to be scary like the only it's there's not it's not like oh this was supposed to be fun but like the fun has turned to terror (laughs) like it just is like that yeah um and Should we talk about the real Annabelle story for a second? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's talk about real Annabelle.
1: Okay, let's just do this real quick. So the real Annabelle, the story just starts in 1970. It's the exact story that you see in the beginning of The Conjuring 1. Basically, these two nurses um, have this doll in their apartment, their roommate's uh, one of them got the doll from her mom as a birthday present. And they start seeing the doll, like, moving around from room to room. Um, and they'll see it, like, face down on the floor sometimes. It's it'll like, be crossing its legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, weird stuff is happening. And then, like, they'll find the doll there. At one point, one of them said she saw it crying
0: blood. <gasps> Which becomes a part of the Annabelle that we and know. Annabelle.
1: Yes. And And one of their
0: boyfriends.
1: Yeah. uh, Just called a male friend, in what I read, um, woke up to the feeling that he was being strangled and saw the Raggedy Ann Annabelle doll staring at him. And once he got out of that situation, however, he did it, his entire body was covered in scrapes and scratches. So, the
0: kind that a little doll would make on you.
1: Well, but how? And because Raggedy Ann is like, doesn't she just have like kind of like a little like mitt, like nub? Like, don't they? Do they have hands? And I, I feel like I, they just have like padded, like little, yeah, annals, like little, like on. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So, how is she doing it? I don't know. We don't know, but well, I do know because spoiler alert, alert, the Warrens did consider that to be one of the signs of demonic possessions, possession, the mark of the beast. Mm. That's the scratches. So these girls, Donna and Donna are sometimes called Deirdre and her other friend who has another name. um, Have you just a sidebar? Have you ever known anybody named Donna? No, but I have known someone named Deirdre.
0: I've also, I also have Donna feels like a very old fashioned name. It feels
1: like a very seventies name.
0: Yeah. God, I'd love to know somebody like that named Donna. Name. If there's any Donnas out there, we'll drop yes. us a line, drop us a freaking review. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Aggie, please continue.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So they call a medium because they don't know what to do. First, they make sure that it's not definitely not a human. Um, They call a medium. The medium comes in. And she tells them that the doll is being possessed by the ghost of a seven-year-old girl <gasps> named Annabelle Higgins. Oh, my God. Who lived in a house that was there and torn down before the apartments were built and died when she was seven. Wow. And she feels comfortable with these nice nurses and she wants to stay there and be loved. So... They give Annabelle permission to move into the doll. Oh, I forgot to say they're also getting notes on parchment paper that say, "Help me, help us, <laughs> Help us and help me."
0: And they don't they don't use parchment paper.
1: right? Is't there? So where's the parchment? Paper? We don't parchment paper. Nurses okay. don't use parchment paper. Come on. Come on. Um, use prescription pads so exactly the Warrens heard about it somehow and immediately call these people and they're like we want to come and be a part of it so they're like brilliantly like poaching someone else's clients that's
0: what they have their ears to the ground of every paranormal situation on the eastern
1: seaboard I have no idea um I saw I mean I don't want to get too into the weeds. I did see a Sally Jesse Raphael with one of their clients of the haunting in Connecticut family, and the woman who we will get into later in more depth. But she said that um, she got their number from a friend from work when her house was being possessed. Wow. So I don't know. They were out there. We're out there. Okay, sorry. Continue. Okay, so the the Warrens hear about it. They come. They're like, ladies, this is not a ghost. This is a demon. This has all the signs, okay? Teleportation, as in the doll moving on its own. Materialization, that's the notes on parchment paper. And as I already said, the mark of the beast, the scratches on Lou, the boyfriend. (laughs) So that is enough for them to call it a demonic... Possession of the doll, and they took the doll home with them. And then there are different accounts of this. I've heard that Tony Sparra drove the doll home, and Lorraine was just like, "Be careful on this drive." I've also read that the Warrens have also said that they were the ones who drove it home. Whoever drove it home says that it caused like their car to break down or something. Like there were problems. They had to pull over and splash holy water on it just to get it home. Wow. And then once they were at home again, the doll is going from room to room. <laughs> and they put it in a barn, and it came back in. So then they were like, "Okay, we have to have this specially made box and mark it by a priest, or bless it by a priest, not mark it."
0: And that's where
1: we're. That's that's where we're at. Now we're up to speed uh yes well that's not exactly that's not like the full story because after they um oh they also claimed that it levitated the doll yeah have you ever levitated uh no have, have you? you ever tried to let i mean i have played light as a feather stuff as a board when i was a kid yeah me too
0: i, I think i thought I mean, it happened yeah same there was one night where it definitely felt like it happened. Everybody was like on their fingertips. It was really magical.
1: I know. Well, I feel like that's like the power of teenage girls. Like, you're Yeah, like,
0: that's <laughs> like what makes like group improv so powerful too. You know, it's like it activates the same thing. And you're like, oh, this is where I belong. It's like <laughs> jazz.
1: Yeah. Um, we also tried to astral projects but that you can, I mean, isn't that like, um, lucid dreaming? Yeah. But like we would do the, my friend Hannah and I, uh, would
0: put objects in boxes like, um, and we would be like on, we would each be on our side of the room when we would like get an object and put it in a box, like next to us. And then we would lay down and try to astral project, try to like you know, make our spirit leave our body so that we could like travel to the other side of the room and look inside the box and see what the object was. That was our test. Oh, and I would always lie and try to guess what it was. And one time I guessed it and it was like, you did it. And I was like, yeah.
1: Have you ever taken one of those? Are you psychic tests on the internet? No, it's a test that will I can't remember, it has like red, blue and green and you guess what color is gonna come up next. And I think everybody sort of like just kind of gets a third of it right. (laughs) Um, And I'm always like, oh my God, I am psychic. Um, But Annabelle has also killed. She has killed, yes. A man mocked her and then he got in a motorcycle accident and died well look that let that be a lesson to everybody a priest mocked her and got into a a crash where he survived but he wrecked his brand new car and right before he crashed he saw her reflection in the rearview mirror well i'm sensing a common theme around these accidents don't mock and drive because if you do, she would make you have a car accident. Also, she almost made the Warrens have a car accident. I don't know. There's a lot of car accidents here. She's uh she's got an itchy finger when it comes to like severing brakes. Yeah, she's got a lead foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Especially zero of people, body. Like none of these people have ever been identified or come forward in any way. Like they're there are a couple of priests who were involved, Angie, Don, and Lou, the nurses and their boyfriend, the priest who made fun of the doll, the person who died in the motorcycle crash. Oh, the person who died in the motorcycle crash also had like his old lady <laughs> behind him and she survived. But she said right before they crashed, they were mocking Annabelle and laughing at her, laughing about her.
0: This is this is good for us to hear.
1: Yeah, because like, do not do it. Do
0: not. And if you're listening, if you have started to mock Annabelle, you stop right now and just let's just like take a moment to give our respects to Annabelle. And
1: I have respect for Annabelle, I have respect for the energy she puts into the world, definitely. Um, the faith and awe that she inspires, yes. Her
0: ability to exist um, beyond the
1: physical form. Yeah. Annabelle is a concept. Annabelle in the Warren's house is a Raggedy Ann doll. In the movies, it's a three foot tall, strong and sturdy porcelain doll with a tear of blood. In my hands, it's a Funko Pop. On this podcast, it's an idea Annabelle is not just one thing. Annabelle is Annabelle. <laughs> it's true.
0: And she ripples through all of us. And if we allow ourselves to be still, we will hear the message that she has.
1: Don't make fun of me or
0: I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mock me and then get behind the wheel. Yeah. Crash um, uh, Well... I feel like I have uh, fully explored the beginning of our Annabelle story. Do you Mm -hmm. have anything to add?
1: I couldn't possibly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next week, we're going to talk about The Conjuring 2.
1: Yeah, we're going off to merry old England, honey. We're going across the pond.
0: That's right. The
1: Conjuring 2. Oh my so. God. So excited about this. We got
0: James Wan back in the house. Yes. We've got our sweet boy, Patrick Wilson back. Yeah. This, the, I will say that this, um, that, you know, they mentioned the Warrens, but we don't actually ever get to see them. And that is
1: sad for me personally. Yeah. I, I hate not, I hate when the Warrens aren't in one of these movies. It just, it's never the same. Like I need them at least, I need them to at least be in the beginning and the end. Just give me something, a taste. Just a little, a little nibble. Just a nibble out of Patrick Wilson's hand. Oh my God. Like a little bird. I would be a little hummingbird. That's right. A Patrick bird. (laughs) Okay. Aggie. Irene. Bye. Bye. oh wait watch watch the conjuring 2 though yeah Listen. yeah do watch the and conjuring 2 then- and if you don't mind
0: please like rate and review us and just uh thank you to heather in chicago for re- giving us such a nice review we love it yeah, thank you so much. okay bye i'm gonna trust the experts on this one yeah, you know being sick ain't no fun Open up your mouth, stick out your tongue Trust the expert